All right, we're back here off topic, backsportspage.com. I'm with us right now from Silver and Black Illustrated, Mike Wagman. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? Listen, thanks for taking a few minutes to come on with us. We really appreciate it. I know you're busy preparing for the draft. So I got to ask first question, what has been the reaction of the team with the whole move to Vegas? You know, I mean, from a team standpoint, when you're talking about the players and the coach, right now it doesn't affect them so much. I think it becomes more of an issue individually and personally when they actually have to move, whether it be in 2019 or 2020, when they actually have to uproot their families and, and make those kinds of transitions. Right now, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I know you saw some players like Garrett Carr and, and Justin Ellis both take to Twitter to, you know, really empathize with the Oakland fans and to say, hey, you know, you're still part of part of us and, and we still care very much about you. And, and I guess, you know, honestly, I, I think if there is any kind of an effect – I think the players maybe feel a little bit of a sense of urgency to try to get something done in terms of winning a Super Bowl or something big uh, for these these Oakland fans, for the Raider fans here in Oakland before the team does move. I think that's probably the biggest effect is that maybe there's a bit of a bigger sense of urgency to to you know really make a push for the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. You know, Mike, um, I do want to say that. You know, I don't, I don't feel like the, the players, it would be such of a big deal. I mean, they, they move throughout the league no matter what. Um, switching teams, moving here, moving there. You know, uprooting their family, it kind of comes with the territory uh, when you're playing in a, right. a professional sports team regardless, right? At the same time, though, right. what, I, what I think the biggest challenge for the Oakland Raiders and them moving is the two years they're going to stay in the stadium in Oakland. I mean, it's going to be tough and it's going to be awkward. You know, I know a lot of people have, have likened it to uh, you know, a married couple going through a divorce, and oh, by the way, I'm going to stay with you until my new house is built with my new girlfriend or my yeah, new yeah. boyfriend or whatever. And it, you know, there's very much that awkward feeling. And you know, the Raiders, maybe as much as any NFL team, really draws uh, motivation, inspiration, what have you, from their fan base. It's a very passionate fan base, uh, a very vocal, a very loud, and very sometimes crazy fan base. And you know, they they generate you know the Raiders the players feed off of that stuff you know during home games so I mean there's going to be some kind of uh, of kickback one way or the other you know there's no way of getting around it I just don't think I think you know one thing I will say about Jack Del Rio and his staff what they've really done a good job of these first two years is keeping this team's focus on what's directly in front of them they don't look too far ahead they don't look too far behind they really have a single-minded focus uh, that, that's something that this team has not had a lot of so that's one thing I've really been impressed with 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 Del Rio and his staff and they're gonna have to have that same kind of attitude yeah. moving forward because you're gonna get the fans you're gonna get the signs you're gonna get the quite you know fans uh, you know begging the team to stay still the questions are gonna come from the media from day one of training camp, you know, even in the off season when we talk about mini camps and stuff, the players are going to get peppered with that stuff. The coaches are going to get repeatedly asked those types of questions. So there's going to have to be some kind of insulation, you know, uh, so to speak, from the players, from the from the coaches. They're going to have to insulate themselves somehow uh, from all of that. You know, and I remember when the team moved back from Los Angeles uh, and in talking to Jeff Hostetler at the time, how because they were still training in Los Angeles flying up here to Northern California for the games. And I remember Jeff Hostetler saying, you know, that they were like a band of gypsies, you know, but they, yeah, but yeah. those players at that time did a good job of, you know, kind of keeping the focus to on the field. So, uh, it'll be, you know, there's going to be the natural, uh, like I said, questions from the media and fans, but overall, I just don't think it'll be a big 
issue in terms of what we see on the field. Can you imagine, um, can you foresee a lot of the fan base actually staying a fan of the Oakland Raiders becoming the Vegas Raiders now? I mean, it's not that yeah, far of, of, of distance, you know. I mean, it's not like it's they're across the country. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get a segment of fans who say that's it. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard it already. You know, on Twitter and in social media and just out and walking the streets, there's there's a segment of the fans who say that's it. I'm no longer going to support this team. But you will have a segment of fans, a larger, I believe, segment of the Bay Area Raider fans who will stick with the team. You know, I kind of liken it to this. If your favorite restaurant moves out of your city that you live in and goes to another state, uh, you're not going to hate that restaurant. You're going to hope that you can sometime maybe go to that new state and visit that restaurant, you know. So Mm -hmm. I kind of see it the same way with with, with many of the fans. I think they're going to get over it. The initial shock that the team is leaving, is now definitely leaving, I think is over. And, you know, while Mark Davis has opened the door and said, hey, if season ticket holders want a refund, we will definitely give them their money back. I don't see many fans really taking them up on this offer, especially when you're talking about a team that is, you know, definitely going to be one of the top ten going into 2017 yeah, when we talk about Super Bowl contenders. Oh, 100%. You know, I just feel like uh, with the emergence of, of TV and all these, you know, all these games on, and you can be pretty much anywhere and, and be a fan of a team and, yeah. still, and still pay attention. I mean, how many fans actually really get out to these games uh, each year. I mean, there's eight eight home games a year. I mean, how many of them? There's like a, a select few that are going to these games every week. Right, and that was kind of my point, you know, I was trying to make to a couple of Raider fans uh, when I was talking about it with them earlier this week, is look, you get the team, you get to see the team for 10 days a year. That's it. Yeah. They're not asking you to go into their house. They're not bringing you over for dinner. They're not providing you anything other than 10 days of entertainment. And you can... Cut it down to eight because those preseason games don't count. Those yeah. are brutal. That's a those are brutal. <laughs> so the fans should be glad. Yeah, exactly. So you were talking eight days, one week and one extra day out of an entire year that you're talking about giving up. I understand that they're not here and you can't call them, quote unquote, the Oakland Raiders anymore uh, once they move. But the bottom line is they're still the Raiders. They're yeah. still the team that you backed forever. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a weird dichotomy. But the Raider fan base has been pretty loyal, even when they moved to Los Angeles. Uh, and the Los Angeles fans remain loyal when they moved back there to Oakland. So I don't see really too much changing overall. You listen to Off Topic with Steve Spanner, Randy Zellia, Mike Wagman from uh, Silver and Black Illustrated. Now here's a question, too. Now looking at the team right now, preparing for the, for this upcoming season, the condition of David Carr, obviously they were having a great season up until the injury. Uh, and maybe if he was in the playoffs, who knows if the results would have been different. What is the prognosis for his return for the beginning of the season? Oh, he's he's making great progress. I and mean, I I know when we talked to him uh, immediately after the season ended, he felt and he was adamant that had they gone further into the playoffs, had they actually gone to the Super Bowl, he was adamant that he would have played that game. Now, I don't know how much of that was just bravado on his part uh, and wishful thinking, but the bottom line is this kid is making good progress all indications are that he's going to be ready to go in many camps. You know, once they start, he might not be ready fully for the start of OTAs. But there's every there's there's every reason to believe that once the the actual season starts and you know training camp, he'll be more than ready to go. And that's that's obviously a good sign. You know, you you mentioned that they might have been able to go a little bit, deep, bit deeper into the playoffs. That's possible. Uh, but at the same time, I think it, it was also good for the Raiders to see. 
you know, where they sit without their quarterback. And, and I think it exposed, you know, some areas of weakness that maybe Derek Carr was able to cover up while he was healthy. So perhaps it was a blessing in disguise because it opened the, the eyes of the coaching staff in the front office that, hey, you know, we think we're good, but we're, we've got a lot mm-hmm. of tweaking yet still to do. So, um, Good news is that, that Carr's making the, the, the recovery. He should. Sean Smith, their cornerback, had off-season surgery. He's make, making a full recovery. Everybody that was dinged up in, uh, in 2016 seems to be making full recovery. So uh, prognosis is good that, you know, once the season begins, they'll all be good to go. You know, it's also very interesting, too, because, you know, we talk about Derek Carr. Around the league, it seems like if if it doesn't work within a couple of years of a quarterback, a rookie quarterback coming in, it always seems like the the, pl- the plug is pulled. You know, right now I know Ryan Tannehill yeah. down in Miami is is on a short leash now because he's been in the league for quite a few years. Um, how much pressure with the move and also with the success of last season is Derek Carr going to be in when he returns this upcoming year? He's all, you know, any NFL quarterback is under pressure for for exactly the reason you say, whether it's a young quarterback or an old quarterback, they've got about a two- to three-year window, and teams start all of a sudden getting impatient and wanting to make a change. It's the nature of the beast. It's not the way the NFL used to be. You know, you used to be able to draft a guy, let him sit two, three, four years. Then you go ahead and put him on the field. Now it's a it's an instant gratification league, and and you see what the situation is in Denver with their with their two young quarterbacks. How they're they're panicking and not they have yet to settle on a guy. So I think the car is going to be under pressure. But you know the one thing about this about him, and and it's uncanny. I've covered the NFL for close to thirty years. You know I would cover the Forty ers when when they had Joe Montana and Steve Young. I've seen. Rich Gannon and all these other quarterbacks come in, and I've never in my life seen a quarterback so ready for the NFL like Derek Carr was. And he was ready for the NFL in every way, shape, and form, whether that was because of, you know his older brother played and he knew what to expect or, or whatever it is. This kid does not get rattled. He doesn't get rattled by the pressure of the situation. He doesn't get rattled by, by anything. And I think that's why he's so successful, uh, and the players – you know they they feed off of his confidence both on offense and defense. He owns that entire Raiders locker room, uh, literally owns it. There's 52 guys that will, will go to battle, will take a bullet for him, and so I think the pressure for Derek Carr coming back is not to go ahead and make the Raiders take that next step. I think the pressure for him is to just keep doing what he's doing. He's going to have a new offensive coordinator. The system will be pretty much the same. There'll be some tweaks. But the, but the thing for him is to stay, continue to stay within himself, not try to do too much. Because, we, like I said, we saw how bad that team played without him. And the natural tendency would be for him to come back and try to do everything. And he can't do that. He's got to stay within himself, continue to be the Derek Carr we've seen, make some gradual improvements that we've seen him make the, these last couple of years. But don't try to do too much and, and just continue to be the guy he's been. If he does that... I think the Raiders' offense will be fine, he'll be fine, and the Raiders in general will be fine. Um, we say that they're going to be fine. They have pretty much the same team coming back next year. Uh, they, did, they did good last year. I mean, uh, you know, they faced a little bit in front of them this year. But, uh, you know, most, for the most part, same team. But they still have a void at the running back position that hasn't been really addressed that much. And Latavius Murray had a great year last year with them. Uh, how, are they, how are they going to fill that void? That's, you know, that's all of a sudden become a, a, a key question for them. And I'm just was sitting down doing my draft capsules, and I keep coming back to the running back position mm-hmm. because, 
you know, I thought, and I was one of those guys, and I was in a minority that thought that Latavius Murray, even though his numbers dipped from a year ago, as a, you know, from 2015 to 2016, I thought he had a much better year. He was the anchor of that backfield. They do have, you know, two little scat backs in, in Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington, both who are just incredible, quick, fast backs who can go to the house immediately on one carry. But Latavius Murray was a guy that kept that offense, kept that ground game going. He was a push-the-pile type of runner, very physical, pounding. He would put that offense in a second and short quite frequently, second and five, second and four. You know, he really did the dirty work for that offense, I felt. And that's a big loss for them. Now, you know, there was some discussion that they may get Adrian Peterson, but even after uh, Murray signed with the Vikings, we haven't heard any any movement at all with them and, and Latavius Murray, or excuse me, with them and Adrian Peterson. Likewise, the whole Marshawn Lynch situation, that made for a good news story, but yeah. until I actually see Marshawn back in the NFL and in a Raiders uniform, I can't even get excited about that. So there is a hole in that backfield. I know there's some fans and some writers across the country who think that they're fine going with just the, the Washington-Richard combination. I disagree. You know, that you look around the league, very few teams have a one-back system. Most teams go with a two-man rotation or a three-man rotation. And definitely think in Oakland's case, they're going to have to get a third back, whether that's through the draft, excuse me, or, or in free agency. And, and, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't think, I think with the, all the other issues they have, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know that they're going to be able to get a quality back early in the draft. I don't know that they'll be able to, to use a pick on that. So we're going to have to see something happen, whether it's, uh, whether it's in free agency or, or maybe it's a late-round draft pick. But, yeah, they, they definitely have a big void there, one that, that I didn't think that they would have at this point. You know, I thought that they would they would have this situation yeah. cleared up. So, big big issue there, definitely. Definitely a big issue. I mean, Adrian Peterson, I think, it would be the guy to be looking at in that situation. I'm not really sure if Marshawn Lynch is um, pretty much just a story. Uh, I mean, he's also been, a, you know, years removed from the from the NFL now, too. Is he NFL ready? Yeah. Can he come back into the game and play? Can he, can he provide, actually, something? Well, so? and, and I remember Tim Brown telling me one time, once you even think about retiring, it's time to go. Yeah. You know, so so he he had it in his mind for whatever it was, whether he was disenfranchised with the situation in Seattle or whether he was just tired of, of football in general, he made that conscious decision mm-hmm. to step away. And we can talk about, you know, taking a year off and, and whether or not physically he can get back in shape. It's more, I think, for him or any player that has retired, it's more of mental. Are you willing to get up and go through training camp? Are you willing to get up and go through the rigors, especially as a running back, and especially with the way he runs? Are you ready to wake up every morning again, Monday morning again, with all those aches and pains? And you know, like I said, once you've made that decision to even think about retiring, it's usually time to go. And so that would be a that would be a tough one for him to come back from. I'm not so much a fan of Peterson at this point. I think. There's a lot, you know, he's talking about a running back who's up there in years, a guy who's had yeah. a few injury problems. I, maybe, a, maybe a quick fix, and, and the fact that you're not going to use him as the guy, you're going to have him be part of a rotation, maybe that works, you know, to the Raiders' advantage and his advantage. Uh, but I just think that there might be, I think that they, they really need to not just do patchwork. You know, I think that they've got to get a long-term guy in there so that they can address some of these other issues uh, like I said, defensively, and they've got a lot of holes on their defense. I think they want to get a running back that they can plug in and not have to worry about 
a year or two down the road. So it'll be interesting to see what they have, what they do at that spot for sure. Mike, I gotta have a little bit of fun with you too while while you're on here. Um, you, you know, you've covered the NFL for over thirty years. Talk to me about being in the press room. Who's got the best food in the NFL? Ooh, you know, I quit traveling in two thousand six just because I was tired of missing out time with my son. Uh, but best food in the NFL? Well, we know it's not the Raiders. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will say uh, the few times I've got down to Levi Stadium, Levi Stadium gets a lot of knocks. You know, from the fans' perspective and. and for all that, but man, they have great press box. They have a great press box food. You get mac and cheese, hot. You get your your, your pick of <laughs> orange crush or, or grape crush. You know, you don't get that kind of stuff. I'd say probably there, maybe Carolina. The Giants always offered a good meal. Oh, I'm in that. Yeah, I'm you in know, the Giants. It, it, I'm in that Giants box. So I can tell you, the food ain't bad in there. But uh, <laughs> and you know, you know, the one place that, that always gets me, and I I get away from the press box. But literally, if you're a reporter, you cannot beat Kansas City. <laughs> 